Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, to say I'm excited is an understatement. This is Drop the Subject. It's Friday. It's Valentine's Day. I'm Allie. And every week, usually on Tuesdays, we chat with Dr. Jen Mann. And here you are, live and in the flesh, for the entire show with me. I feel so greedy already. Uh, Two hours, just you and me (sighs) all together talking love heartbreak, Mm -hmm. Valentine's Day, relationships, conflict, how-to, advice, you name it, we're talking it. Uh, Sex. How can I forget sex? uh, You can't forget sex. You can't just throw in the sex. Yeah, no, it should have been first. My my wife and I were actually talking last night because I mentioned that you were going to be on the air with me, and she was like, I think you've been actually introducing her wrong. And I was like, what? And she was like, she's a licensed psychologist. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you've been saying psychotherapist. No, I'm actually a licensed psychotherapist. Okay, so I'm right. Yes, because what, what I did was, after I did my undergrad, I did my master's. I did my 3,000 hours yep. under supervision. I passed all my exams. And then after I was licensed, I went back to school and got my doctorate. I see. So yeah. because she was saying, oh, no, to be a psychologist, you have to, be, you have to get your doctorate. Is that correct? Yes, but... I got my license before I got my doctorate, yes. and I'm an MFT, marriage and family yes, therapist. Yes, that's it what used she to be has too. An MFCC, marriage, family, and child counselor. Okay, so now it's yeah. marriage, family, marriage and family therapist. Exactly. Okay, got yeah. it. And now my we're doctorate all is is in clinical psychology, as well as a marriage, family, and child therapy. PhD. I, so there are just a lot of letters after that your lot, name. There's so many letters. <laughs> it, like it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm lucky to get INC or LLC yeah. after mine. That's yeah, pretty you, much it. You, you know, my parents are songwriters, and when I finished my undergrad degree, my parents came to me and they said, "Look, you don't have to go to college. Like, you don't have to do any." All my friends were getting pressure from their their families. If I have these liberal music business family, the, my parents are just like, "You don't need to go. You're very creative." You could be a photographer. You could do a lot of things. You don't need a degree. I showed them. I'm such a rebel. Well, Here I am. They Degrees did, later. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> did the reverse psychology thing. You know, I, I think they honestly didn't care either way. They just wanted me to not feel pressure, at least to please them and to kind of fulfill whatever it was that I thought was the right thing for me. Well, you know, and I think now a lot of people have conversations about whether it's worth it to go to college for some people because of college debt. So many people sure. are going, well, I could have gotten the job that I wanted by now without yep. going to college and not being $70,000 of debt. And times have changed. Yeah. I mean, you can make a fortune being a blogger. You can make a fortune being mm. an Insta model, things yeah. that don't require degrees. Doing YouTube dance videos. Yes. That's a career exactly. now. Exactly. So come on, Dr. Jen, be honest from okay. the get-go. Of course. Is Valentine's Day BS? Is it something that couples or even singles and people who are dating and singling and mingling, is it something that we should give into? I mean, it's a consumer driven holiday, but Absolutely. is there something to it as far as, oh, you know, what's wrong with making some space and making some time to have an evening together, even though it's probably much more expensive than any other evening that we would pick to spend Th- time this together? Is so true. It's like triple the cost of a regular dinner. That said, look, I think that there, the answer is yes and no. Here's the yes. The yes is I love any time couples take the time to honor their love, honor their relationship, carve out time to be together, do special things with each other, sit and have dinner, buy each other gifts, treat each other well. 
absolutely, 100% on board. On the other hand, we should be doing this all the time. All the time. We should be treating our partners, our loved ones, with the utmost of respect. We should be whining and dining them. We should not be complacent in our relationships, which is something you've heard me talk about a lot because it's one of my biggest pet peeves in relationships. And I think it's one of the biggest killers of long-term relationships that people tend to think, oh, my relationship should just function on its own. Well, yeah, but then you get resentment building and then you get the you never do X, Y and Z. You never take me out to do X, Y and Z. And you never have time with each other. That's separate from especially when kids get involved. Right. And but also if you think about it this way, if if you said to me, I'm going to run a marathon and I said, "Okay, well, you've run before. So just don't train for it. Right. Okay. Don't jog. Don't do sprints. Don't lift weights. Just go for it. 26 miles, you can hack it. Let's see what happens. Uh Relationships, long-term relationships, are marathons. In order to make it to the finish line, especially in good shape Mm -hmm. without crawling and vomiting, you need to work on yourself. You need to have some therapy, most likely, together and apart. You need to read some books to better yourself. You need to tend to the relationship. You need to make sure that you tune into your partner. You need to spend a lot of time, face-to-face time, without screens. Mm. You need to have conversations that are difficult to have. You need to process conflict as it comes up. You need to carve out time for sex. You need to protect your relationship from incoming missiles. You need to do all that work. So then, I mean, a, a day like Valentine's Day might seem a little forced, but sometimes being forced is good. Yeah, absolutely. Because you do have to carve out that time anyway. And also for couples for whom, you know, this isn't the relationship for you at the end of the day, a lot of the time, Valentine's Day can be the blessing that helps you see the light. Wow. So... Now I'm just going to completely transition to my own personal life. <laughs> I, I'm all for it. Because I've made plans for Valentine's Day, but I want to know if I've cheaped out on it. Because okay. we don't usually do that much for Valentine's Day. I think we actually do spend a fair amount of time doing nice things together. We went out to dinner a couple weeks ago. I mean, we do spend some quality time together. So when Valentine's Day runs around, we're just kind of like, all right, let's do something nice. But it's there's no pressure. Mm-hmm. But this time, I don't know why I felt like I needed to do something, but I also didn't want to give in to the fact that you have to pay three times as much to go to dinner and to do something that's like one of those price-fixed champagne-included things. So I settled on happy hour. It's like a happy hour. So I, I, this is am I half-assing it? Is my question because it's five fifteen. Just getting a nice happy hour, happy, and then I'll make you some dinner at home, and we can have a nice bottle of wine and watch a movie. And I'm gonna give you the answer, <gasps> and then some. Uh huh. Right after this break. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, phone lines are open all show long. If you want to talk to Dr. Jen and get some free advice, 833-77-CALL-Q. That is 833-77-CALL-Q. You may even get a free book out of it. You never know. You never know. We've got two to give away today, special for Valentine's Day. Okay, let me finish with my own personal question because we've already got phone calls that we need to get to. Yes. My question for you is, am I cheaping out on Valentine's Day? Been with my significant other for 10 years. Didn't feel super pressured to do anything for Valentine's Day, but I thought, yeah, let's go have a nice glass of wine. We'll have some appetizers. So I did a happy hour type of thing. Number one, because there were no reservations. But number two, I was like, well, happy hour is a little cheaper. And then... 
I can get some nice bottles of wine. We can have a nice dinner at home and then watch a movie. Is am I cheaping out? Should I have gone a little more over the top? And should I have made this a surprise to make it a little more special? Here's what I need to know to answer the question: What is important to your wife? Quality time. Okay. Quality time and uh, yeah, she's not really super big on surprises or over the top lavish. Goods. So it sounds like she's happy with that. Yeah, well, I told her I made a reservation, and she was like, you did? That's awesome. Okay, so it sounds like it is a home run. Okay. Now, had she been a woman who was like, it's really important to me that we have a long, romantic five-course meal, <laughs> but you were like, screw that. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't want to spend triple the cost, and so I'm doing happy hour, then we'd have a problem. Okay. But the fact that that's what she's into, you're speaking her language, you are doing something special for her, you're honoring your relationship, all good. I will say I did give her option A and option B. I said option A is we can have a full dinner there, we can go have a nice, go watch out a nice movie, or we can take it home and just have a nice quiet night at home. She said, I want option B. I want to go home. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. Okay, so I'm in the clear. Well done. Now let's move on to Camilla, who is on line one. And Camilla, you had a a question for Dr. Jen about uh, a recent dating experience, and, and you've been ghosted. What's going on? Well, so what happened was, hi, Dr. Jimman. Thank you for taking the call. My pleasure. (laughs) So um, thank you. So I knew this person from 10 years ago, but we had only kept in touch a couple of times. We had a class together. And then um, something happened, and I decided to randomly reach out to him because he had always been a really nice and decent person. Mm -hmm. So we met up. And he, we met up as friends. And then I said something that made him think maybe this was a date. So he just straight up asked me if it was a date. Mm-hmm. And I said, I didn't think that, but I'm open to it. And so then he asked me out on an actual date. That's good. Um, yeah. But then, so we met up, I think, two times afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he was really... Um, I could tell he was genuine about his feelings, but I think that he might have jumped the gun. When you say um, genuine very, about his feelings, you only went on two dates. What feelings? Well, he would talk about how anytime he mentioned something in the future, it seemed to have, it, it sounded like he had me in it. Um, and the way that he, so I wanted to, I want to become vegan mm-hmm. and he's not, but he would think of, places to go that were just strictly vegan and like talk about um, taking future trips with me and things like that. And he seems like a genuine person. It's just that I don't think he really thought things through. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went on two dates, you talked about the future, you felt a connection. Yeah. Did anything sexual happen? Was there any chemistry? There was, and I think he's just a very considerate person, so he brought it up in a way where I think he was trying to test if I would feel comfortable with the first kiss on Mm -hmm. the date, and um, I think it could have gone there, but it just, it was like, it was a weird scenario where we were awkwardly in in the car, and it just, I think it would have been weird, (laughs) so it didn't happen. Since when is kissing in a car weird? I I mean, if there's a big enough... (laughs) Center consoles are huge now. Yeah. That can be an awkward experience. 
Well, but here's yeah. the thing. I mean, this, first of all, it sounds like this guy's not an aggressive guy to begin with. You asked him on the date. No. He didn't reach over the double console to kiss you. You've <laughs> he gone seems kind of all yeah. over the place, yeah, you, too. You've gone on two dates, and while he's talking about the future, which ultimately means nothing if he doesn't call you to create a future, it sounds like either right. he's a super passive guy, in which case, if you're willing to be the leader, the pursuer, the mastermind of the relationship he could be for you and if that's not the case then I would say let this peter out because this is a guy who's not really pursuing this yeah he seems kind of half-assing it totally he's like yeah is this a date maybe maybe we'll have a future together but maybe not not really sure yeah I'm not impressed I, I, I personally, okay. I like to see more commitment. I like to see someone all in and I get two dates. Okay, it's early. At the same time, if someone's really interested, they ask you on a third date and that this guy is either not interested or he does not have the strength and conviction to pursue appropriately. Now, okay, C- Camilla, do you are you gonna have you been ghosted already or are you gonna ghost him? And, sh- and Dr. Jen, for you, should anybody be ghosting anybody? Like, shouldn't we be confronting the breakup head on? It's only been two dates. Okay. So I mean, I I think after two dates, you can just let it peter out. And if he's not calling and pursuing, I don't think she has to call and be like, just in case you were thinking of asking me on a third date, I'm done. (laughs) By the way, bye. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I I think we're good. I think where ghosting is not appropriate is when people have gone on multiple dates where they've gotten sexual together, you know, where one person calls the other to say, hey, let's go on another date. And the other person just disappears. I think that's disrespectful. Although I do remember one time, in my single days, uh-huh. and this was before the word ghosting even existed, I went on a date with someone, and it just, I wasn't feeling he was a nice guy, and he called me, and even though I wasn't interested, I returned the call. We talked for five minutes. At the end of the call, I he asked me out, and I said, hey, you know, I think you're really great, but I'm just not feeling it. You know, you're a terrific guy. And he's like, you should have just not called me back. Oh, see, no, that, that was like, pisses really? me off. Because I, yes, when you're in a relationship with somebody and you have even, even if it's just a few months, I have a friend who just got out of a relationship, it was a few months long, but they were hot and heavy. Yeah. And then she was like, he, go, he completely stopped communicating with me. And there's no closure and you have no idea what went wrong. And if you did do something wrong, you have no way of learning from that because the person has completely moved on and you're in the dark. And I'm sorry, that is such a wuss move. Yes, like it's like you know, like we're balls, adults. Man. Yeah, we're adults. Like just kind of pick it up off the floor and like have some strength, have some guts, and make the phone call, send the text, like follow through, but don't just disappear. I just think it's really disrespectful. It is, and it's 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 we're the human easy beings. way out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I also look one of the other things that I used to like to do when I was single, and also I recommend people do is. You go out on a date with someone that is not for you, but they're actually a quality person. They're attractive, but you just don't feel the chemistry, or they're really terrific, but maybe your politics don't mesh, whatever it is. Recycle. Set them up with someone that you like. Oh, just pass them on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good karma. Uh-huh. People don't, it's hard to meet people, if, unless you're on an app, and a lot of the time people are freaked out by the app. It's always good to be set up. I'm a big believer in the setup. Yeah, just to swap it out. Do a little significant other swap. All right. We're going to take your calls for the rest of the show. 833-77-CALL-Q. You can call. The phone lines are open. I believe we have Ashley on the phone who wants to maybe explore her sexuality on Valentine's Day. We'll get to that next. Drop the subject.
The new Channel Q. All right, happy Valentine's Day to all of you tuning in. And if you're just joining us, I'm Allie Johnson. This is Drop the Subject. And we're joined all show long by Dr. Jen Mann, a licensed psychotherapist. You got it. Uh-huh. That's me. Author of The Relationship Fix, which we are giving away a free copy, two free copies, a little later on in the show. But right now, we're also taking advice. Dr. Jen's giving free love advice today. 833-77-CALL-Q. Call, the phone lines are open. 833-77-CALL-Q. You ready for the next one? I am, but I also want to throw in, this can be about anything. The advice, it can True. be about breakups. It can be about love. It can be about relationships. It could be about parenting. It could be about work. Anything. Sex. Oh, yeah, sex. I keep forgetting Why sex. Why are you forgetting I don't sex? Know. Usually sex is at the top of my list. <laughs> Man, Eric's going to be very disappointed in my thinking. I better turn oh, this around. I'm sure it'll be at the forefront of your mind by this yes, evening. Well, he is very sexy, i got to say. <laughs> you know, as a lesbian, I can agree with you. Uh, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah. is. He's a sexy He's yeah. a very attractive you guy. his abs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. It's impressive. It's like a cheese grater. Oh, you know, yeah. you got to love it. All yeah. right. Ashley is on the phone. She's from New Orleans. And you are newly single and looking for a bit of a change. What's going on? Hey, Ashley. Hi. Um, yes, yes. Um, so um, mainly most of my life I've, I've dated men. Uh-huh. Um, but I've always been a little curious about the, the, same, the same sex. Uh-huh. Um, but I just—I've never had the chance to explore because I've always been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm single, it's like now I'm like, okay, I want to explore this, but I'm trying to—I'm trying to figure out, like, I guess how to go about it. Um, I have tried some apps, um, you know, to meet people and stuff like that. And it's—I don't know, like, I feel like hmm, nobody's really biting, or if they, or they act like they, you know, they maybe want to, you know, meet up, but then it's kind of like. They're kind of pulling back a little bit. I don't know what that's about, but I'm just like trying to figure figure it out. And also, um, my last relationship was it was not too long ago, but um, I'm I, I guess I'm like trying. To, I'm trying to like focus on myself, but also you know I'm gonna have a little fun. And I'm like, is that I'm trying to figure out like how to balance that, I guess, mm-hmm. or should I just be focused on myself and not you know be so quick to kind of I guess jump into jump into this because like you know something I've kind of wanted for a while. Well, I think that you should explore this. If this if this is something that you've been curious about for a while, there's no reason for you not to explore it. I do think that you want to be really clear, especially when you're on the app. Are you looking just for a hookup? You said that you're curious. So are you looking just to have a sexual experience that will satisfy your curiosity? Are you looking for a relationship? Are, do you even have the clarity on that? Um, I think like right now, I just kind of want maybe like, uh, maybe a friend with benefits. So that's like kind of what I'm going for. And then maybe something more down the line. I kind of just like want to experience it so I can, so I can, you know, get the, get the, get the chance. And then also I'm like, I'm working on myself right now. So like a relationship is just not, not what I want right now. Eventually, yes, I do want that. But, oh, you know, I'm focused on myself right now. But I do, I just, yeah, I definitely want to, I want to have some fun. I will say that um, just from my experience, I think sure. Doctor, what Dr. Jen is saying is really important because when I was dating, I knew I liked women. I knew I wanted to be in relationships with women and I would get effed over by a lot of women who didn't really know what they wanted. Yep. And so it was my own protective shield that I then had to put on myself. And so when I met my wife and I met her on an app, um, she had never been with a woman before and I was very 
tepid because of, of that. And of course, it ended up turning into a relationship. But I think it's it is important to kind of get clear about what you want. And I mean, maybe it maybe it is about meeting somebody in person rather than through an app. I know you know apps can be especially like when I was on apps, it was all especially with women and women, it was like relationship, 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 whereas more gay men is about hookups, 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 hookups. So I don't know, maybe and, mixing it up. And I think it's important to be really clear as you're talking to people about what it is exactly that you're looking for. That otherwise... Exploration, get, yeah. even if it's exploration. Or, but even friends with sexual benefits. That's clear, that's at your, least. Yeah, at least I know clear. what I'm swiping. The, exactly. And then you, you get the people who want what you want as opposed to, oh, this person wants a relationship and they're going to be annoyed. Or this person just wants sex and they don't want to hang out with you afterwards and, and watch reruns of Friends. So it, Always a great night. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. 100%. Hmm. But not everyone wants to do that after they've had a sexual experience when they just want a sexual experience. So I think, Ashley, being crystal clear with your communication and your posts on the app is really important. And also what you have to keep in mind is this is a numbers game. And it's particularly profound with the apps because the apps make it so easy. Swipe right, swipe left. It's very easy to essentially dump someone for a random bizarre reason. Oh, she reminds me of my cousin Susan. Swipe, you know. Oh, like forget about <laughs> Who it. Doesn't? Oh, she's wearing a red shirt. <laughs> Ugh, you know. Swipe. So it, it people become a little desensitized, dis- yeah, yeah, and disposable. So you really got to do a volume of numbers. So I wouldn't take the rejection personally. You just need to keep moving forward, power forward on the app. But I agree with Allie. Some in face opportunities, whether it is going to a gay-friendly event or, you know, something like that, or a dinner or anything, that's going to be, you know, or even a setup. Any kind of alternative female artist, if you're going to go see her, there's probably some lesbians in the audience that are are looking around. Uh, All right. Lots more to get to on today's show. It's a Valentine's Day show, but of course, you can continue calling with all kinds of advice. Any advice is, uh, no advice is off the table. 833-77-CALL-Q. Again, 833-77-CALL-Q. I also have another personal question for Dr. Jen about couples therapy. So we'll get into that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. There is no subject we will drop. Anything is on the table. I'm Allie Johnson, and I'm with Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen Mann is with us all show long. We talk to her every Tuesdays. Of course, you also put out regular columns in InStyle.com if you want to check out any of those. Always great content there. And we're answering all of your love, sex, relationship, plus, plus, plus questions. And a lot of you probably know me from couples therapy and family therapy with Dr. Jen on VH1. I can talk about couples. I can talk about family, but I can talk about anything today. Any advice that you need, I am here for you. Yeah, and I have plenty of advice that I want to ask for, but then I keep getting cut off by callers. So we've got David. Keep the calls coming. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) David, you're in Palm Springs, and you have a question about maintaining your relationship when your partner is still in contact with some exes? Hi. uh, Yeah, so um, thank you for taking my call. Um, It's more so, I guess, let's say uh, personal advice because, yes, I recently just got into a new relationship about six months back. Um, The guy is amazing. We have a strong connection on every level. We're just, we're on it. We're running at each other. Um, The only qualm that I have that I feel like personally I've been struggling with is the fact that 
Um, he has long-term friends, like 10-plus-year friendships with people um, that he has hooked up with in the past or um, has had some type of sexual encounter with. And I struggle with that because I come from um, being cheated on in previous relationships and things like that. Um, so I guess I'm just trying to ask because I can trust him mm-hmm. and he's a really trustworthy individual and he reassures me he does everything the right way. Like we talk about it, we communicate, he reassures me. Has the he, only thing and is he's not hiding how, the contact from you. He's he's upfront nope. about it. Hey, I spoke to Sean today, just wanted to let you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, far be it from me to say, hey, you know, um, because I'm uncomfortable with someone you hooked up with that you're really good friends with back from like nine or ten years ago, you know, I want you to cut communication because before in the past, um, that was a deal breaker for me. Like if people were in contact with people that they had hooked up with or like exes or whatever. David, has he introduced you to these people in person? Um, you know what? I actually met his ex-husband, and um, he's a really nice guy, um, happy for us. He wants to introduce me. He's so forthcoming. He's so trustworthy, and I do trust him wholeheartedly. I guess what I'm getting at is how do I become okay with, you know, those friendships? You know, how do I move yes. past being uncomfortable? Because even okay. um, we talked about it. And I set a boundary, and he respected it. I said, you know what? I'm comfortable um, with you being friends with these people. However, I just don't want you in close quarters. Okay, I don't David, want you alone with them. David, yeah. my answer is probably going to surprise you. I have a lot to say about this. We need to go to a break. Okay. So don't go anywhere. But I have a couple more okay. questions to ask you, and then I'm going to give you all the answers, and I think it's going to shed a lot of light on the situation. Perfect. You're awesome. Thank you so much. You got it. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. Continues after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, drop the subject with Allie. I'm here and Dr. Jen is here. Licensed psychotherapist and VH1 shows aplenty. Couples therapy with Dr. Jen. Family therapy with Dr. Jen. A lovely book, which my wife and I have gone through, The Relationship Fix. A six-step guide to... Improving communication, connection, and intimacy. Definitely. And also two parenting books as well. Ah. The A to Z Guide to Raising Happy, Confident Kids and Super Baby 12 Ways to Give Your Child a Head Start in the First Three Years. All right. So, super easy to uh, write a book, right? Oh, so easy. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like pulling teeth slowly over the course of multiple years. Yeah. All right. So, we've been answering all of your your questions that are love related. They can also be not love related. This is all, all advice. All, all show long, and we've got David on the phone. David's been in a relationship with a guy for about six months. He's feeling a little bit nervous because his partner is friends with a lot of his exes. They seem to have an okay relationship, and he seems to be very honest about the exes that he's friends with, but David's kind of wondering how he can get through and work through his jealousy issues around this. Yeah, and, and David, look, if you had called and said, we're 10 years into the relationship, he's still talking to his, his ex-boyfriends, I'm uncomfortable with it and he's not doing anything, I would have a very different response. One of the things I hear you saying in all of this is that you have trust issues because of some things that have happened to you that I get the feeling from what you're saying you still need to work through. So I, the first thing is, have you had any therapy? Um, 
I've had um, therapy before, and um, how many sessions? You know, I know that. I'm sorry. How many sessions? About four. Three okay. Or four. Yeah. Just just to be clear. Because I, I, I just had a gut feeling, and that's why I asked how many sessions. Sometimes I say to people, have you had therapy? And they say, yeah, how, how many sessions? Two sessions, four sessions, six sessions. That's not enough to get the full benefits of therapy. So I would like to see you be in therapy. I recommend one year of weekly therapy for everyone. If you've had a trauma, if you've had a heartbreak, if you've had a difficult childhood, it's even more important and really should be mandatory because what I hear you struggling with is you're a little unclear about how much of this is your stuff and how much of this is a fair request. And you're erring on the side of saying, hey, I don't want to be that guy who says you can't talk to these ex-boyfriends, hookup friends. And at the same time, what I want for you to be able to do is to have enough clarity on your issues to get to the place where you can say, you know what, this this one here, I'm totally cool with. He hangs with us. We, you know, we we do all kinds of activities. We share dinner and wine with him. But this one, I got a bad vibe about. I just have like I gotta trust my instinct. And what I do expect with couples is that with reasonable requests. I mean, it, you know, it's not like I, I need for you to. I don't know, cut someone out of your life that you haven't had sex with in 25 years, you have no chemistry with, who is never going to lay a hand on you and is nothing but honorable and respectful to me. But I do think that it's very fair to say if you guys are in a committed relationship and this continues to progress, if there's someone that you have a bad feeling about, the relationship ultimately needs to be the priority over those friendships. And I'm a big believer, if you watch couples therapy, every season I do a uh, couple session where we talk about incoming missiles. And I, when I talk about incoming missiles, I talk about you know people who are trying to sabotage your relationship or who don't support your relationship or having bad boundaries with uh, coworkers, with friends, sharing too much information, or in-laws that you allow to come into town for weeks on end and it impacts your relationship negatively. And it's important to be protecting your relationship from these incoming missiles. And some of these guys may be totally benign and cool, but others of them may be incoming missiles. And I think that part of the way to tell is how often are they including you? How honest are they being about their communication? All those kind of things. But at the at the end of the day, it really is about finding the balance. And I, again, I appreciate that you really want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I also don't want you to tune out your own instincts as a result. But David, don't go anywhere. We're going to put you on hold, and I'm going to sign and send you uh, my book, The Relationship Fix. Oh, David's a lucky winner. Oh, yeah. He is the winner, and even some Dr. Jen pens, which I don't know if you've heard, but they are very hot item because you click them, and they have different sayings I, on them. I know, because yeah. you gave me a swag bag, oh, and yeah. it had the book in it. It had a pen. It had the little highlighter. And, I mean, yeah, I and. loved it. And you will be the first person to get a Dr. Jen highlighter that has three <gasps> different colors. Not one, but three. Because Oh, my goodness. Because I love a good highlight. I mean, it, yeah. w- when you have a strong highlight. Oh, it's, it's everything. And when you're, it's especially everything. when you're reading Dr. Jen's book and then exactly. you find a, a, a passage that speaks to you and you're like, what should I do? Yellow? 
Yeah. Orange. No, you have choices. Pink, <laughs> blue, you have choices now. <laughs> Great. Don't go anywhere, David. Yeah, don't go anywhere, David. We'll get your information. And we have one more book that we're going to w- get a giveaway before the end of the show. So keep the calls coming. 833-77-CALL-Q. That's 833-77-CALL-Q. Uh, we are back with Dr. Jen after this. Drop the subject. Jen. The new Channel Q. Interesting off-air chats as well as on-air chats today. Allie here. Dr. Jen is next to me, licensed psychotherapist. She's answering all your questions all show long, 833-77-CALL-Q. Keep the calls coming. There's another another free book we have to give out before the end of the show. Again, 833-77-CALL-Q. Happy Valentine's Day. In the meantime, I've got a question for you, Dr. Jen. Yes, anything. Okay. My wife and I, and we've talked about this a little bit when we first met, We've been having conversations about moving into kid territory. Ooh, it's big stuff. That's big stuff. It is big stuff. Life-changing stuff. That's what led us (laughs) to this next part of my question. Uh, So we had a conversation. We've been having conversations about it. Okay, you know, during the week I think, oh my God, there's no way. I'm I'm way too busy. I don't think I have time to deal with a kid. And then on the weekends I'm like, I need, I'm ready for like a life change. I'm ready for the next part of my life. Anyway, we were hiking because we're lesbians. And this was last (laughs) weekend. And we started talking about looking and, you know, going to the sperm bank and all that stuff. And Katie started getting really nervous and really afraid. And she was like, but what if we never see our friends again? But what if, what if, what if, what if, what, what if we never travel? Well, we have to travel a lot then this year because we have to make up for you know, the fact that we're never going to travel. And I was like, I think that, you know, we have to figure out what our values are and what are important to us so that we can make sure we keep those things there even after we have kids. Anyway, long story short, we decided to get into couples counseling because we thought, hey, maybe this is a good time for us to really get clear on our values as people, as as a couple, and as parents, and to also kind of, I mean, we've been together a decade, so there's all kinds of stuff. There's yeah. all kinds of issues that just come back oh, up. And historical resentments that never get resolved, because if you've never had therapy, you probably don't have all the tools and skills, as brilliant as you are, and as emotionally savvy as you are, when it's your own stuff, like we were just talking about during the break. It's kind of like pointillism paintings. Like, when you're up close, all you see are dots, and you need to kind of step back or have someone give you the view from afar and say, this is what the picture is. Well, because there are some things that you feel like you're on a hamster wheel with. Yeah. As far as as certain issues, and it's not like we're very happy. I'm not saying that we have a problem in our. You don't have to have a problem to go to couples therapy, and and that's that's what most people don't realize. Right, exactly. So we're going. I think this is just a good. uh, Some of these issues, it'll be good to bring into therapy and have a third party for sure chime in. So anyway, we did our our therapist shopping. We just had our first session, but when I told and that more on that later, but because I want to talk to you about therapist shopping, which was a whole experience that I had hadn't had in a long time. Oh yeah, but I told my mother that I was going to couples counseling and because we were on the phone I was making dinner hey what have you been up to I was like oh we actually just got off the phone with this new therapist I'm really excited about going we're going to couples therapy and she was like "Uh, oh 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, it's really good. It's actually more preventative. Like we really want, I don't want this stuff to come up later after we've had kids and be like, great, we haven't resolved all of this other crap. And now we have literal crap in front of us that we have to clean up. Totally. So I was trying to explain that to her and she was like, well, well that's just great. But yeah. how do you but deal? But you sense a little something, a little judgment maybe. Well, I'm just thinking, okay, I'm sure I hung up the phone and she was like, well, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> this, the marriage is over and we've yeah. only been married a year. Yeah. So how do we get, I mean, I, it, it didn't make me feel self-conscious about my decision because I know it's the right decision. But how do we destigmatize this idea that we only go to therapy when we're broken? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so glad that you bring this up. And I always say to everyone, everyone should do one year of weekly therapy and all couples should do six months of weekly therapy. That sounds expensive. Not all at the same time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it does have to be at the same time. But I think that mm-hmm. it's important to develop the tools and the skills. And by the way, just on the side note of the expense of it, there are low-fee clinics all around this country. Most people don't realize this. Even if you don't have insurance, you can afford therapy because you. we have the ability. In order to become a therapist, you have to do 3,000 hours under supervision. You have the associates, right? Right. So you go into a clinic, and not only do you get a person who's already usually about halfway through their master's or PhD program, but you also get, they are supervised. So you're kind of getting two eyeballs for the price of one, and it's not even a regular price therapy. It's based on your ability to pay. And they're usually new and hungry. Totally. And obsessive. Yeah. Obsessive. Very invested. Completely, they will they will read and become the expert in anything that you struggle with. I I, I love new therapists because they are so obsessed. It's fantastic. So, so now then, now that we just had our first couples counseling session, it was great. We're really excited. We have homework, but there's also should because my wife has been in therapy for consistently for almost half her life. Mm-hmm. I have been on and off, but I'm not seeing my own therapist now. Do you always recommend that couples? simultaneously have individual therapy that things that are they're working on individually as well as in the couple's if sessions? you're not in a crisis you don't have to okay if you're not in a crisis so like she has an unfair yeah, advantage she's getting yeah. doubled yeah look if you feel she has an unfair advantage by all means like even up the score okay but i think if you're going into couples therapy if you're doing kind of pre-baby counseling premarital counseling no i don't think that you have to each have an individual therapist okay That said, when I have couples who come in who are in a major crisis, a lot of the time, then I will say, you each need to have your own individual therapist as well. And I want a signed release so we can all speak together so that we can share information and view this holistically. Now, one thing you were bringing up before we even got on the air today was that you recommend and that it's becoming a growing trend for couples to get into relationship, uh, to get into couples therapy very early, like within a year. Yes, I'm a big fan of this. And I, and Eric and I did this ourselves. And for a few reasons, and there was a New York Times article that came out talking about how this is like the hot new trend, that people are getting into therapy at the six-month point, the nine-month point, the one-year point. And the reason why I think it's so great is that when we get into a truly intimate relationship, it triggers our old wounds. Typically, if you make a list of all the traits of your partner or boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife and make a list of all the traits of both of your parents, positive and negative, you're going to see a massive overlap. Oh, God, that sounds terrifying. Our unconscious doesn't know the difference between past, present and future. It's always seeking to heal old wounds in current time with our person. So we get triggered really easily. 
And that's why I love couples getting into therapy early because when we've really found that person, they're likely to trigger us early on on a deep and profound level. And it's a great opportunity to work through our old historical pain. Fascinating. I can't imagine asking somebody I've been with for six months to go to couples counseling with me. But maybe soon in the next few years... Yeah, it's going to become more and more common. Interesting stuff. All right. Phone lines are still open. 833-77-CALL-Q. Dr. Jen, we're here for another half hour or so. So get in on it. We got another book to give away. It's Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. 833-77-CALL-Q. The show continues again next. Drop the subject. The new channel. Q. All right. Uh, drop the subject with Allie. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're just tuning in, you've missed a lot. But the good news is that you can catch up on the podcast. Drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. I highly recommend you download it because it's been a fascinating chat so far with Dr. Jen, licensed psychotherapist, writer of many, many books, uh, uh, host of many, many shows. I mean, you've been... Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen on VH1, Family Uh Therapy with Dr. Jen on VH1. I have a column with InStyle Magazine every week called Hump Day with Dr. Jen. Yes. I mean, a lot going on. You do have a lot going on. A few and degrees. Then I just realized you have a Peloton podcast. Yes. <laughs> well, it's on my Peloton podcast, but I was on Clippin' with Crystal <laughs> and got to talk about all things Peloton yeah. because I am a little Peloton obsessed. <laughs> which, Peloton you know, fanatic. we talk about next week, like you said, because I'll be back next Friday, but that's a whole other issue. But it was, it was fun because I went on the podcast and I actually told a couple of stories that had nothing to do with Peloton. Mm-hmm. I told a story about Harvey Levin that I've never told in oh, public before. Oh, yeah. interesting. Well, yeah. you should definitely check that out then. Yeah. You have a lot of listening to do. Okay, yeah, so exactly. you've got homework. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple more questions just about searching for a therapist because this is something you've talked about before. You uh, you have an Instagram post uh, that you put out fairly recently this year about one of the most frequent questions you get is how do I find a therapist? And I went relation or uh, a therapist shopping this week and you know my wife is in the mental health field so she kind of knows what to look for and there were some lower cost options where people were getting their supervision hours and things like that Mm -hmm. Katie didn't want to do that because she feels like she's in the same position yeah so she licensed already not yet. She's okay. about halfway yeah. through. Sure. But she was like, I I feel like I... It's further along in the process than her. Yes, exactly. Um, but I was kind of in the dark. And it's interesting going through some of the pages, like Psychology Today yeah. is one resource where you're looking through. And it sort of is like dating, where you're looking totally. through and yep. you're looking, basing a lot on their profile picture. Yeah. You're basing a lot on their name and where, they're, and where they got their degree. And so how... How much should you pay attention to that stuff? Because I would look yeah. at someone's picture and be like, mm, she looks mean. Totally. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Nah, I don't like what she's saying at the beginning of her profile. Or it's yep. like, do you feel stuck? And I'm like, stop it. Who are you? Like, yeah, I, you get you, so lady. weird and judgy don't with it. Don't make assumptions about me. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. what what tips do you have on the process? Yeah. Because there were some people that I felt good about that Katie didn't feel great sure. about and vice versa. And that's versa. a hard thing with couples. And, yeah. yeah. And by the way, if you're listening and you need a therapist, I'm here for you. Ah, uh-huh. give us a call 833-77-CALL-Q, which is 833-772-2557. So if you need a therapist, hey, I'm here. Yep, we're here. But for if us you need show. a therapist and you don't want to call, here's what I do recommend. When it comes to low fee options, you've got low fee clinics like we talked about. Mm-hmm. You've got insurance. 
And also what most people, oh, and, and you also have interns, people who are working under someone who is licensed, whose fees are going to be lower. And then one of the things that most people don't realize is that most therapists keep at least one slot open, oftentimes more, for lower fee clients. I always oh. have someone in my practice who can't afford me for whatever reason that I feel like it is my obligation to give back to the universe for mm. you know this God-given talent that I have and that it's something that I should give back on. And That's a lot nice of therapists know. do that. Yeah. So if there's someone who you really want to work with and you can't afford, don't call me because right now my slot, my low fee slots are filled. <laughs> but All of the slots yeah, are filled. Yeah. They, they are. But most therapists are willing to lower their fee or have a certain number of low fee slots that are available for yeah, people. Yeah, they'll do a sliding yeah. scale and they'll have different criteria of that. But uh, here's what's really important to know. A lot of the time now people go to life coaches. I, uh, you know, sorry, life coaches. I know I'll get a lot of tweets and stuff, but I'm not a fan of the life coach. Well, because anyone can say they're a life exactly. coach. Exactly. My German Shepherd is is a life coach. I mean, I, mean, I would agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and well, there are some people who are just brilliantly skilled or therapists who go back and get some training in life coaching. What's important to me when I send someone to a therapist is that they've had the skills and the training in case someone gets suicidal, if they are struggling with depression, if there are complex family issues, trauma, uh, addiction, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of life coaches have had little or no training on that. And it's important. You know, we do we get these degrees and do the 3000 hours under supervision for a reason. It's necessary in order to become a great therapist. So that's an, an important thing. But then I also noticed in I know we have to go. Uh, but in my searching, I also noticed licensed therapists also putting that life coach in there because yes, they know people obsess over it. It's a hot ticket it. right now. And, and I'm going to tell you a couple more things after we get back from the break that everybody should look for when they're hunting for a therapist. Perfect. Okay. 833-77-CALL-Q. Do you want a free book? We're going to give it away before the end of the show. We're almost out of time. So if you want Dr. Jen's book, The Relationship Fix, call now. 833-77-CALL-Q. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I'm sad to say we're running out of time very quickly on drop the subject. I'm Allie. I've been joined all show long by licensed psycho uh, licensed psychotherapist. That's correct. Now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> Dr. Do Jen that. Man. I'm here for you Thank in you. your emotional distress. Thank you. DrJen.com for all things Dr. Jen. Uh, host of VH1 Couples Therapy uh, with Dr. Jen. Family Therapy with Dr. Jen. Author of The Relationship Fix. Author of Super Baby. 12 Ways to Give Your Child a Head Start in the First Three Years. I'm definitely going to be picking up that in the next couple for years, sure. I bet. The A to Z guide to raising happy, confident kids and rocking babies. Is that just baby pictures? What's that one? It is a children's book that I wrote with my mom, Cynthia Weil, who is a Grammy Award winning songwriter. And we actually wrote it while feeding my daughters over the course of a year. Unbelievable. Well, thank you so much. You're going to be joining me next week. Absolutely. Okay, great. I haven't scared you off, have I? Next two Fridays after this. Yes. I'm here. Okay, I'm with great. You. And we've got Daniel on the phone who has a question about being a newlywed. Daniel, what's going on? Hello. Hey, Daniel. Hi, everybody. How's it going, Dr. Jen? Good. Actually, well, I, was, I wanted to start off in saying thank you for the tickets yesterday for Circus Soleil. I enjoyed it so much. No problem. I Oh, you're the bus driver. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you got through again. So what's That's going crazy. on? Yes. And did you go did you go so, last night? Yes, I did. It was an uh, early Valentine's Day present for my wife. And your wife is a new wife, correct? Yes, that's correct. Now, my question is, as a newlywed, uh, I wanted to know what I can do 
uh, to continue showing my wife that uh, I continuously love her and that the spark doesn't go away. Uh, what are some of the common practices that I can do? Uh, because everybody's so focused on Valentine's Day, but what I want to know is what about the rest of the day? I love that question. And I'm assuming when you say the spark, you mean the sexual spark, right? Um, everything in general. The, okay. the sex, the, the communication. Okay. Um, I, 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 will, I will speak quick because we only have a few minutes. Um, two main things. The number one thing when it comes to maintaining the relationship is the connection. The studies show that men who cheat and women who cheat, only 7% of the time for women and 8% of the time for men did they cheat purely for sex. The other 92 and 93% of the time they cheated because of a lack of connection or a combination of a lack of emotional and sexual connection. So maintaining the emotional connection in your relationship is absolutely the most important thing to do. And that involves face-to-face time, actually sitting and talking, supporting each other. The studies actually show that supporting a partner when they've had a success is even more important to the well-being of the relationship when they've had a failure. Constant communication, fighting uh, fighting fairly, working through conflict, all super important when it comes to the connection. In terms of the actual spark and the sexual thing, most couples get complacent. Most couples don't leave time for the sex in the relationship and they stop trying new things. They stop honing their skills. They say, oh, I know how to take care of my husband or my wife or my boyfriend or my girlfriend and I know what I'm doing and I know how to get to the the finish line. But here's the thing. What works today may not work 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Our desires, our sexual arousal, all changes over time. So keeping it varied, also a, a terrific study that looked at couples who rated their sex life as good as it was the first six months found that they did had more of a variety, more affection, and when they bought books about sex, which they all did, hmm. not only did they read them, but they actually implemented them, which is key. And speaking of books, Daniel, I would love winner. to give you a copy of... <laughs> of my book and some Dr. Jen pens, uh, Dr. Jen highlighters. You can highlight all the important stuff in the book. And I think it will even furthermore answer your question. Yes. And you can ask your partner questions because that's one of the things in your appendix is that you have 36 questions that you can ask your significant other. And I really liked that. We we did it one night and we should do it more often, obviously. But uh, one of the things in your Instagram post that you, you know, you were talking about uh, uh, your your um, Eric, your your man, and you were talking about how you spend 20 to 30 minutes a night talking with no screens, how important that is for the connection. Totally. And the other thing is the sexual inventory. And you know what? We'll have to, since we're running out of time, we're going to have to talk about it next Friday. I know. I mean, so I there have you go. A... There's a tease for next Friday. Yeah. Tune in. And oh. I'll bring more books. Oh, so more books. So if any of you need more advice, you save it and you call us next Friday. Just put that question in your little back pocket. We'll get to it next week. Have a great weekend, a long weekend. Dr. Jen, I'll see you next Friday. And all of you, I will see you Tuesday for another live show. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.